When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. This is the Sports Yak podcast. It's the podcast where he knows a lot about sports. Me, not so much. But we find that healthy line in the in-between. Episode 247. You mean the Boomer Esiason episode? Him I know. There you go. Former Cincinnati Bengals and New York Jets quarterback. Member of the CBS pregame show for a long time now. He threw 247 touchdown passes in his illustrious NFL career. A former NFL MVP, he's Boomer Esiason. Sometimes I get him and Phil What's-His-Face mixed up. Phil Simms, they kind of look similar. Yeah, when you don't have your glasses on Sunday morning, you're kind of like, is that Phil or Boomer or both? I think Boomer has more of an East Coast accent where Phil has a little bit of a Texas drawl. And they had... uh sons that went on to do great things, right? Well, Boomer has a son named Gunner. He didn't necessarily do great things. Phil has a son named Chris, who was a quarterback at Texas, and you see on NBC. In fact, sometimes he's on Football Night in America. Okay, so did neither one of them went to the NFL? Chris played in the NFL for a little bit. It was a brief moment. I wouldn't call it great things. Now, anybody who makes the NFL has made a heck of an accomplishment. There's no question about that. Uh-huh. But if you're saying great things within an NFL perspective, not so much. He did things. He did things. <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. Family Broadcasting Corporation. Well, in association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but... Somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way. It is. It's good. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Let's uh, let's start with Notre Dame football. That game tomorrow, right here in South Bend, Indiana. Two thirty kickoff at the stadium, or shortly thereafter. I will be on countdown to kickoff on WNDU at one thirty. As we look at this game, Notre Dame comes in with a record of 3-0. and Louisville is 1-3. and The Irish have it cranked up offensively. That Really, you would be hard-pressed to find problems offensively. Maybe a little bit of lack of productivity at the wide receiver spot, and that's about it. Defensively, they left a lot to be desired in the game last week. 
and Florida State was able to gash them with some running plays. I didn't think the front seven for the Irish played well at all last week. They got some, I should say the front six, because with the scheme they play with Jeremiah Wusukoromoa being more of a rover and kind of a third linebacker, you take the front four and those two inside linebackers, not so much. JOK and the secondary played just fine and kept the Irish in that one. They've got to get better play from their front six this weekend because Louisville is a team that can score a lot of points. They have a quarterback named Malik Cunningham, who's very productive. Receiver 2-2 Atwell uh, had five catches against the Irish in the game last year against the Cards. He's a big play threat. And then Javian Hawkins, their running back, gashed the Irish at times last year. So Clark Lee has to be ready for a lot of different formations from Scott Satterfield's team. And we'll see how the Irish handle it. On behalf of fans that... Enjoy your broadcast. Count on you for the information. Thank you for learning the names of the players and saying them correctly. Thank you. I've heard otherwise with a few names this year, and, well, it's enough to make the hair on the back of your neck under your helmet stand up. Well, then you probably shouldn't watch or listen to those programs. And I don't. Okay. The big game of the day tomorrow, Alabama and Georgia, Chuck Looking forward to that one tomorrow night, but there's a character from the drama that's going to be missing apparently unless by some miracle and believe me miracles can happen in the state of Alabama when your name's Nick Saban if he can somehow get three negative COVID tests before kickoff tomorrow night Nick Saban will stroll out onto that field between the hedges in Athens Georgia but otherwise he's going to be in isolation from home and not allowed communication with his coaching staff, which I find mind-boggling. Why can't he? He hasn't done anything wrong. He was just subjected to a virus. This is 2020. Why can't Nick Saban watch the game at home and communicate to his coaches on the sidelines? I don't understand the rationale behind that decision. Or stick him in an RV in the end zone that has been quarantined and get him down to the game. Right. I, I just... I don't get it. But that's did someone make a ruling on that? Well, apparently so, because everything I've read, Saban says that he's not allowed to communicate with his coaching staff during the game. Okay. <laughs> and one would think Alabama wins this football game, but Alabama has not played very good defense last this year. They were gashed last week by Old Miss for 48 points the most points allowed by a Saban team during his tenure at Alabama. So they can be had. Georgia's got a full plate of athletes on its team. This is a very good football team that Kirby Smart has assembled. I don't know if they're good enough to beat Alabama, though. Okay, that's a that's an evening game? Primetime, CBS, Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson, dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee. The SEC theme, oh, it's going to be a great night of football. And we are T-minus one week, one day away from uh, Big Ten kicking back in, Purdue and uh, Indiana. You can hear those on the radio station that Chuck and I do work for. Split the signals uh, next Saturday. Now we say that. You're well aware, as am I, as are many of our listeners. The COVID numbers are rising in the Big Ten states right now. 
And you have to wonder if all those campuses can keep their football teams well enough protected because there's a couple SEC games that aren't being played this weekend. Florida's not playing LSU. Vanderbilt's not playing Missouri. Uh, You look at the American Athletic Conference. Cincinnati's not playing Tulsa. So we're seeing some games go off the boards. Hopefully that doesn't happen in the Big Ten because we have waited so long for Big Ten football. Is your son uh, planning on attending the game? I don't know that they're allowed to. Really? Not allowing, uh, not allowing, allowing students in the uh, the horseshoe. Yeah, I don't know that uh, students are allowed to attend the games currently at Purdue. Wow. So the answer to your question, no. Wow. Now, I think if they were allowed, he'd probably go. Yeah. Just for the social aspect of it. If Freshman else. year, let's see what happens. Yeah. Did you ever take him down there as a youngster? No. No. He, he has not. I've been to games at Ross Aid, but he has not. Okay. Two and a half hours down the road. Yes, they're allowing students in. Not so much in West Lafayette as of today. Well, remember, uh, prior to last week, Notre Dame was the only team that had played a football game within the state of Indiana. Last week, Trine University over in Angola mm-hmm. played a game. And so. It might have even been a JV game, but at least it was a game. And so they became the second college in the state of Indiana to play football. Dust off the North Face, get the scarves ready, maybe a stocking cap, I don't know, gloves, high school football tonight. High of 57 today, could be a little overreaction going with the stocking cap, but you know you better than I do. Um, 36, (laughs) are you kidding me? Is it going to be 50s game time? Well... Let's pull up the app right now because this is a question I get from the crew all the time. Well, yeah, high of 57, but, you know, what's it going to be like at game time? And I will I will admit, getting darker earlier this mm-hmm. time of year, so it could cool off quickly. Uh, let's see, the hourly forecast for our area, 49 at game time. For you, that won't be bad. For someone outside, maybe a cool wind blowing in their face. Stocking. Cap. Yeah, depending on what the wind is like, because it cools to 44 in the uh, later hours of the game. How many holy wars have you called? Oh, gosh. By now, probably at least 10 of them. Do you have a favorite one? Was there one that was just like, oh, man. Oh, there have been, a, there have been two or three that have come down to the last play of the game. Oh, nice. Yeah. That, as a broadcaster, that's all you want. People say, well, your kids went to St. Joe's. So you must be rooting for St. Joe. And that's not the case. You cannot find a more down-the-line person than the guy yeah. next to me. All I want in in my world, all I want is a game to come down to the last play. Yeah. Now, most let's face it, most games don't come down to the last play. So people say, well, what's satisfactory to you? If we still have a close game at halftime... I, I can live with that. And then if it winds up being a 2-TD game at the end, okay, well, that's still that's still all right. So I'm hearing you don't love a minute 43 left, and they take a knee, and then you kind of wait. Oh, it, as long as nobody's calling timeouts, I'm fine with that. Okay. A one-touchdown game? Sure. Here's what I don't like. 41 nothing, and it's halftime. That's not <laughs> fun. 
and I've been there. Do you, you call were there in the with J- me? You were there with me one night. <laughs> Do you call in the JV during that? What game was that? We did that Edwardsburg Dwajak game. Oh yes. Now it didn't go to running clock until the third quarter. To be fair, so I exaggerate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- I have had games that were forty-one nothing, or perhaps worse at halftime in the era before the running clock, and that is no fun whatsoever. That's when Uncle Chuck really earns his money, quite frankly, (laughs) trying to keep you, the viewer, infotained. St. Joe and Marion tonight, you can watch it on YouTube uh, about, what, 7 o'clock, 6.45? Yeah, we come on at 6.45. You get your full pregame that way. And St. Joe comes in 2-6, and Marion 6-0. and A lot of people say, is it going to be a competitive game? Honestly, I don't know. It, the one thing that Marion has not done a good job of this year that they've been able to do in the past is really shutting teams down. Teams have been able to score against this Marion squad. So maybe St. Joe gets a couple plays in the first half that keeps them in the ballgame. I mean, Marion's obviously the heavy favorite in this game. When one team's 6-0 and and the other one's 2-6, and that's pretty easy to discriminate. And Marion is a fun team to watch offensively. They've got this quarterback, Maddox Begonia Bright. He has accounted for 18 touchdowns. They distribute the ball to a lot of different people. Malcolm Anderson, Jason Johnson, Davion Taylor, Kyrell Franklin, Greg Atkinson. So a lot of people who can scoot. And we'll see what they can produce tonight. Marion playing for a share of an NIC divisional title which they would share with Elkhart. And, of course, all kinds of controversy about that because Marion and Elkhart were supposed to play last week. Marion had a bunch of starters sidelined for contact tracing. Elkhart still wanted to play the game. Marion says, we can't. We have too many people out. Some people say Marion should have forfeited. Other people say it's 2020. Deal with it. However you stand on the issue is how you stand on the issue. That's history. Tonight, it's Marion and St. Joe. Elkhart plays for its share of that divisional title on the road at New Prairie tonight. New Prairie has an outstanding running game. Noah Mungia, well over 1,000 yards for the season, but Elkhart with so many weapons. Cameron Wiltfond, their quarterback, can give it to Derek Woods in the backfield. He can find Tyron Mason. He can find Donovan Johnson. Then defensively, you've got D1 players like Rodney McGraw and Kenneth Dennis. I mean, Elkhart's loaded with talent. And we'll see if they can go over to New Carlisle and avenge something that happened two years ago. When it was just Elkhart Central, most of this coaching staff involved in losing to New Prairie 49 to nothing. Pandemic on the brain, sorry. Did we talk? Did, what happened at New Prairie before the football season? Did they lose a coach? We did talk about this, so let me refresh your memory. Yeah. Russ Radke left New Prairie in January. They had a long coaching search, and they hired Casey McKim, who was a guest on this show. Yes. From Valpo. Right. Okay. Russ went down to be closer to family and his son. He's sons at Knox. First he Knox. went to Portage, and then he went to Knox. That's right. I thought I remember like a little quick little hop, skip, and a jump. Yes. How are things going in Knox? Uh, Knox is about a 500 team right now. Okay. They're 4-4. Four and four. Meanwhile, New Prairie 5 and 3 entering this game, and we'll see the Cougars next week in the first round of the sectional on oh. 46. Okay. 
Other games tonight. Northern Lakes Conference on the line. Mishawaka goes to Northridge. We talked about this game a little bit on Wednesday. This should be a slobber knocker. You've got two very physical teams that love to run the football. The advantage for Northridge may be their ability in the passing game to move the ball, which they showed last week against Concord. Defensively, Northridge has had four shutouts this year. Offensively, no team has held Mishawaka below 28. So that's where something has to give. The winner of that game gets at least a share of the Northern Lakes Conference title. There's one other team that could get a share of it, and it's Warsaw. They play at home against Concord. Concord threw the ball for 400 yards last week. Warsaw would rather drive a samurai sword through its gut than throw the ball for 400 yards. They want to run the football down your throat. So that'll be an interesting contrast of styles. And then a couple other games to keep an eye on. Fairfield wants to get an undefeated season. They have to go play a talented but young Churubusco team on the road. Pioneer is 7-1. North Judson is 7-1. They meet at Liberty Field. Winner takes the Hoosier North. What about up north? Your boys. The Lakeshore Lancers are ranked 10th. Lakeshore Lancers, we fight for thee. They are ranked 10th in Division Three. They take on an undefeated Battle Creek Lakeview team that also likes to run the ball down your throat. And they are 4-0 on the year, and they've won 13 straight regular season games. Embarrassed the Lancers last year up in Battle Creek. Buchanan and Niles, I think it has been 25 years since they've played each other. That little short track, it seems odd that they haven't, but they've been in separate conferences and everything. So they play tonight up in Niles. And then Watervliet and Coloma, that's a pretty good rivalry up off of I-94. Those two towns neighbor each other. Coloma's 3-1, Watervliet is 2-2. They'll go head-to-head tonight. By the way, shout out to Buchanan, Michigan. Nicest place in America, according to Reader's Digest. Yeah, Mitch Album wrote a little piece about them. Yeah. Apparently, and uh, every time I've been up there for a game, been treated well. Um, obviously, the home of Redbud, Wheatberry, Lowry's, on and on goes the list. By the way, when you say Redbud, you're not saying it right. you got to add a little more hillbilly to it. Please do. Redbud! You do that too often, you're going to get tossed right out of the gated community. <laughs> when I lived up there, that was a regular Saturday on the BMX bike. Oh, yeah, I bet. Oh, yeah. Everybody heading up there with their mongooses and their hutches and spend a Saturday morning pedaling their rear ends off, then back home for a nap. Back to you, Chuck. So that's the high school scene tonight. NFL, there's trouble in paradise. There's trouble in Indianapolis. The Colts have had to close down their practice facility because of a number of COVID tests within the organization. We don't know, Corey, if it's players, coaches, the custodial staff, we don't know. But they have closed down the practice facility at this point, 9.22 on Friday morning. We don't know if it threatens their game this weekend or not. In Indianapolis. Well, whether it's in Indianapolis or not, because if you don't know if the players have COVID or not, you don't know if the Colts are going to turn to the league and say, we have this problem. Hey, speaking of COVID, talking to a friend in Tennessee yesterday, they do self-testing down there. You get an account at the local uh, drugstore, and uh, you get the Q-tip, and it has a mark Mm -hmm. on it, how far you need to go up in directions, put it in a drawer, and you get... uh, 
you get the results back in a couple of days. My son, Captain Insurance, uses those kits and, and oh. recommends them. That's right. He sent you guys a message about that, right? Yeah. 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 But, yeah, the Colts are supposed to play at home this weekend against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Oh. So we'll see. Now, the Colts' practice facility is not the same as Lucas Oil Stadium. Is that Anderson? Yes. Yeah. Or up that way. Okay. They also have one a little closer to Indianapolis. So they play on Sunday, allegedly? They they are scheduled to play Sunday at 1. I wonder when they make the final call, like, hey, don't come over. Saturday night? They could make it as late as Saturday night. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah, a, that's a plane ride. That's a oh, the that's Bengals are not plane. far away, so yeah, they might be coming. Who knows? They might be coming in the morning of. I doubt it, but they could. Okay. Meanwhile, the Bears are at Carolina this weekend. That's a game that you would expect Chicago to win. <laughs> Carolina has been struggling, <laughs> but anytime you expect Chicago to win, yeah, not so easy, right? So. We'll see if that happens. Detroit goes to Jacksonville. Now, you asked me the other day. Teams that you just don't care at all about. And I mentioned the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now you throw in the Detroit Lions, and you've got the recipe for something just awful. But there are people that like to watch train wrecks, and (laughs) that could be a... That could be a qualifier right there. You know, we talked about the Bears the other day. The guy from the Jets ends up going to the Chiefs. What was his name? Le'Veon Bell. We didn't. We Bears fans did not get a piece of that pie. Nor was the Bears on his list. At all. At all. He wanted to stay in the AFC, it appeared. Or apparently he wanted to go with winners. That helps, too. He was looking at the Chiefs and the Bills. and Yeah. By the way, the Chiefs, now he won't be able to suit up for the Chiefs uh, this weekend. He has to go through some COVID protocols, which require five days. So he won't be able to suit up this weekend. But in week eight of the NFL season, who do the Chiefs play? Bears. The Jets. Oh, the Jets. (laughs) That makes more sense. Yeah. (laughs) So, boy, that could be fun. All right. You want to head into baseball world? Sure. Uh, You know, in 1932, there is controversy over whether Babe Ruth at Wrigley Field pointed to the grandstands in center field and called his shot. There's controversy over that. There's no controversy over what Carlos Correa did last night. Pause button. What's the controversy? He did? Or was he doing something else? Right. Was the gesture because he was pointing at the pitcher? What was, he, what was he gesturing at? Did the ball go exactly where he pointed? The ball went into the center field seats, yes. Okay. There's no controversy over what Carlos Correa did last night. He said to Dusty Baker on his way out of the dugout, walk off to end it right here. And then Carlos Correa goes to bat in the ninth and hits a walk off to end it right there as the Astros beat Tampa Bay by a count of 4-3. to three. To stay alive once again in the American League Championship Series. Remember, Tampa Bay had a 3-0 lead in this series. It's now down to 3-2. And oh, by the way, the two best pitchers available for the Astros will throw Game 6 and Game 7. So, can Dusty Baker pull the rabbit out of the hat? Can Houston advance to the World Series? Suddenly, there's something interesting about this series. Which, quite frankly, if you look at the TV ratings has been lacking in interest 
throughout the ALCS. On the other hand, there haven't been a whole lot of excitement in the series between the Braves and the Dodgers. Despite our Mark Melanson soundbite from Wednesday's Sports Yak, uh, the two games that have followed that have been absolute disasters. The Dodgers scored 11 in the first in Game 3 and cruised to a 15-3 win. And last night, the Braves hammered Clayton Kershaw and the Dodger pen and go on to a 10-2 win. So now the Braves lead that series 3-1. The Dodgers are certainly capable of winning three straight. They did that many times during the 2020 season. But they'll have to do it against a very good Braves pitching staff, and I don't know if they can. White Sox. Congratulations to Jose Abreu. He is named Player of the Year by the Sporting News. And the Sox general manager, Rick Hahn, named the Executive of the Year by the Sporting News. Certainly, Hahn brought in a lot of new pieces for the White Sox, and they all seem to thrive. And they they did it for the entire season. It wasn't like they, well, Sox fans would argue they didn't do it down the stretch, and, and it's hard to argue with that. But uh, Rick Hahn certainly gave... Rick Renteria, a lot of pieces to play with. The best of which is Jose Abreu, who led the major leagues in RBI this year. Seems like every time he came up with a man in scoring position, he ripped the ball. He certainly ripped the ball against the Cubs all season long. And so Abreu gets the Sporting News Player of the Year. It's not the same as the Major League Baseball Awards, but the Sporting News usually revered as a a pretty reputable baseball organization. That's a good couple of awards for the Southsiders. Uh, for my son, let's throw in this last basketball headline. Tyron Lou will now be the new coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. You may remember Lou was once a coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, he was the person with the title of coach. At the time, the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers was a fellow by name LeBron James. Uh, he just happened to be playing as well. So Ty Lue will now go to the Clippers and gets a five-year deal. So we'll see how he handles that organization. A lot of people thought that Doc ran too loose a ship or there was too much familiarity with Doc. I don't know that it's going to be all that much different with Ty Lue. <laughs> but we'll see. Okay. Also, uh, a big NBA uh, executive move yesterday, Daryl Morey, who had been with the Houston Rockets for a long time and was one of the few outspoken people in the fact that uh, the NBA wasn't doing enough to promote human rights in China where the game is big. It's a market they're trying to sell. Chinese government doesn't want to hear about the NBA criticizing them for human rights. So Daryl Morey had made that remark at some point in the offseason, took some criticism for it. I don't think it played into his role to step down as the Rockets' general manager, but you never know. Quick little fun fact. Uh, today is the birth date of a man who at one point signed not one, but two pieces of documentation that would allow me, a broken dumpster fire, to work at LaCie Broadcasting and pull Chuck back into sports Excellence. Pete Summerall's birthday today. Oh, okay. Very good. Came up on my memories and it was like, oh, yeah. God rest his soul. Yeah. All right. It can, now is time for the little segment of the show that we've added here in the past week that I like to call overrated and underrated. 
where we focus on musicians and today as well athletes <clears throat> and decide whether they are overrated or underrated. I'd also like to throw in a sports movie, and I'll explain why. All right. Let's start with an athlete today. And I'm going to go with the Chicago Bear because I think you'll know at least enough about him to make your decision. Okay. Allen Robinson, the wide receiver for the Bears. Overrated or underrated? He's a current player, right? Yes. How long has he been on the uh, on the team? Uh, probably about four, four years, maybe. I feel like I'm hearing about him now. Well, because he's looking for a new contract. Allen Robinson wants to get paid. He is statistically by far the best receiver on this Bears team. That doesn't take a whole lot. But is Allen Robinson overrated or underrated? Underrated. I would tend to agree with you. I think when you look at the compensation given to other receivers who haven't had his productivity. Now, I will say... Right at the week right after Allen Robinson basically came out and said, I want to be paid, Mm -hmm. he dropped about three balls in that game. And that's unacceptable for an NFL receiver. So, Allen, if you want to get paid, hang on to the ball. But he did do a very good job in the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can I volley an athlete back your way? Because I don't remember. Feel free. Cordell Stewart, birthday boy. Cordell Stewart, uh, I think, wound up being overrated. Uh, You know, he had a great career at Colorado and came into the NFL and was kind of a hybrid-type quarterback. You, You could see him throw it. You could see it run it. They would even put him out at receiver and throw it to him sometimes. But I think overall, Cordell Stewart was overrated. Who do you play for? The Steelers. Steelers. Yeah. Okay. Um, musically, his this name came up on our show earlier this week. You mentioned him as a guitarist, and I'm I'm going to talk about the entire musical career, not just his guitar playing. Okay. John Mayer, overrated or underrated? Birthday today. Another reason why he came up. Body of work. Body of work. Body of so work. We're talking not, singing. We're I'm, talking. Yes. Okay. As a musical artist, not just a guitarist, because I, I will give you that he is one, one of, the, of the great living guitarists right now. There's Body no question work, about that. Body of work. Hot when he came out of the gate. Not so hot anymore. I bought one of his CDs for a buck, the live album. I think it was like the second album he put out. I don't think he's that great a singer. Mm-hmm. I think he can play. And he's fantastic. In fact, I remember Michael Jackson's funeral that they broadcast. He came out and did Human Nature just on the guitar, and it was stellar. Well, he he has done some things like that. I th- he might have done something for Kobe as well, just on the stellar. guitar. Yeah. I would say overrated. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not arguing with you on that because that's kind of the way I feel, too. Yeah. He's kind of gotten in a hippie world. He's with the dead now. I hear people going gaga over John Mayer, and I just have never, never felt it. Let me lob another one towards you, and then if you have some that you want to throw I want to shoot back your way, yes. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. In excess. 
<laughs> Listen Like Thieves came out in the early 80s this week. You cannot get that record on Spotify because I went back to go. Uh, I wanted to do the front to back challenge. Uh, the big hit on that one would have been What You Need or whatever, but in excess as a body of work. Well, I'm I'm trying to take out my own personal feelings about in excess because they put a smile on my face every time I hear about that band. And I think we've shared the story before here on the Yak as to why. You know, but, there are no rules. I say go but, ahead. But just in case, back in the late 80s when I was working at New Center 16, some of you old-timers may remember that the sports came in the middle of the show. It was news, then sports, then a little news segment, then weather at the end. And in the middle of the sports, the sports segment was broken up into two pieces. There was a large cluster of commercials in between the two sports segments. And in that large cluster of commercials, there would be a little sports note graphic that would come up. So just remember that now as I tell you this story. We're watching, MTV is on in the back where the photographers would edit videos. And Jack Nolan comes back there one day, and the, apparently the boys in the back are watching some MTV. And an in excess video is playing. And in this particular video, it flashes their name on the screen a few times. And Jack says, Who's this Inks band? So, armed, Inks. armed with that, <laughs> Jeffers and I <laughs> would use that as our own personal inside joke in the sports note. Any day that there was a contract signing of any type. And that would happen a lot. It would happen a lot. And it's not something that gives you good video anyway, so it's perfect for this little graphic. Yes. Sammy Sosa inks a four-year contract worth in excess of $60 million. <laughs> and it was the greatest inside joke, well, at least to the two of us, uh -huh. that there could be. So... That's why In Excess brings me such delight. Did old Jackrabbit Nolan never find out about I that? I don't think so. Oh, that's wonderful. That's I, rich. I don't think so. In Excess of? <laughs> so, I have to say, underrated. Okay. Uh, Moneyball is on Netflix. I know that's one of your favorite movies. And when you click on the the whatever version of Netflix we have, it gives you, a, it didn't have a, the trailer for it, it had a scene. I stopped and watched the whole thing. My son was like, wow, you really like this movie. I said, I do. Overrated or underrated? Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Oh, I think underrated. I think you get a young Chris Pratt before he's a star. Yes. Uh, I thought Philip Seymour Hoffman was great as Art Howe. You know, hey, Billy Bean, who would you like to play you in the movie? Well, you know, how about Brad Pitt? Let's get the ugliest guy on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, he's busy. How about Brad Pitt? Yeah. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, uh, I thought was terrific as the the young assistant that comes over from Cleveland yeah. to help with the analytics. And really, if you look at the history of baseball, the last 20 years has been controlled by analytics. The Tampa Bay Rays 
have one of the lowest payrolls in Major League Baseball, but they are successful because they use analytics about as well as any team in baseball. I just love the two guys have this idea and they have to buy into it and then convince other people. Well, and having to convince, and and the guys that play the old-time scouts in the movie, and, and some of them may have been old-time scouts. Yes. They play it perfectly because that's the way, you know, if we ever get Hawk Harrelson on this show, don't ask him about analytics. <laughs> That's why I can't believe the White Sox want to talk to Tony Larusa, because he could care less about analytics. You know, these old-time guys, a lot of them have not bought in to what the analytics bring to the table. So, now, do I think analytics can be used too much? Yeah, but then you see Tampa Bay and you think, well, they're pretty successful with it, and they don't spend a lot of money on players. Yeah, that's so worth a watch. So I think Moneyball underrated. The, the part that they do get wrong is that uh, Robin Wright would leave Brad Pitt for Spike Jones. That's that's where it gets really fictional. That's true. That's that's uh, true. That's, that's not a thing. Going to fire one more musical group at you here. I love it. Oh, by the way, you you mentioned a movie, and this is again the ADD edition of the show. That's all right. It's that's the end. why that's why many of you probably enjoy it. Um, I watched Black Panther for the first time last night. Did you? Yes. Front to back? Mm-hmm. And? Well, especially put in the perspective that we have now. Yes. Where you know Chadwick Boseman is ill while he's doing this movie. Yeah. My goodness. He's a specimen in that movie. Yeah. And here's the super tough part. The guy who's the villain in that movie should be the new Black Panther, but look what they did to the character. Right. And he I thought his performance was every bit as good oh, yeah. as Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan is fantastic. Yeah. So I, I love that movie on so many levels. A, there's one, if not two, white guys in the movie. It's all African Americans sure. just running the table. Great special effects, great story. Well, the special effects are astounding, yeah. Oh, it's so good. So good. Good for you, man. Black Panther. Who talked to you into that? Jeannie. Really? She has a list of movies she wants to watch. Oh. And some of them I've already seen. And lots of times if I've already seen it, I'm good to go again. Um, But that one was just, I was in kind of a garbage mood. Yeah. And I just thought, okay, this is fun kind of superhero escapist stuff. I'm in. Yeah. What's next on her list? Are you going down the list or just there's a we random just, bunch? We just hodgepodge. Oh, yeah. man. So. I love me some lists. Overrated, underrated. Dave Matthews Band. <sighs> man, did I love me some Dave Matthews. I know. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I hooked up the PlayStation in their tour bus. Really? They were having some troubles. When they came to South Bend, and I got up in there behind that TV because I had one and hooked it up for them, and actually have a photo somewhere, I'll have to dig it out, of us playing on the PlayStation on the tour bus, once owned by Eddie Money. Wow. <laughs> he came to South Bend for four days. Do we? Does the name-dropping ID that we have in there, do we have that in here we as do. well? Okay. We do. I, yeah. can, I can get to it real that, quick. That like. you might want to. Because I'm, I'm dropping uh, yeah, I'm dropping dimes, aren't I? Oh, you know, 
I work with Bob Nagel and Bo Hunt. You're like, oh, yeah, I was in Dave Matthews' tour bus hooking uh-huh. up his PlayStation. He was on the same bus as Eddie Money. You know, they came in, and Debbie and I sat there and <laughs> took Dave out to the carriage house. And, oh, yeah, you know. Uh, it wasn't the carriage house. It was Corby's that week. Okay. He was here for four days. They had canceled the tour because his bass player's wife miscarried. Oh. So, but in the middle of that, the trajectory was up and to the right. Crash into me, that second record, So Much to Say was on there. Mm -hmm. So he comes to South Bend, and it's just Dave's sightings. This is pre-social media. But we'd get phone calls at U93. Dave was at the American Eagle today. He bought a flannel shirt. Dave was at the mall today at the food court. Dave was at Corby's last night. And so... uh, he was huge. He was a big deal. And the price tag went from about 500000 to $2 million in a matter of time, too, because of the popularity sure. of that second record. Now, falling off the face of the earth, he's he's this generation's new Grateful Dead. Overrated. Really? Yeah. I didn't think you'd go that way. There was a time when he was on the Nuggets. Now it's, it's oh, we got to go see him. We got to follow him around this summer. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Get your patchouli, put on a record, you'll be fine. Now, kids, I could play this all day, but I know you have things to do, and so does <laughs> Uncle Chuck. So we'll save some more overrated and underrated for Monday's edition, shall we? We will. Thanks so much for listening. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast platform so you never miss an episode much like this one. You're on Twitter, aren't you? I am. My name is Corey, and also I try my best to uphold the sports yak with two k's twitter account as well you know what i'm on twitter too at 46 sports no really i am still (laughs) have a great weekend until next time yak fans oogalooga norman julius esiason i guess you go by boomer we've had some fun yeah the show is done now we gotta run it's sports yak sports yak sports yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience done you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.